Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Godzilla Roundtable for our second ever Thanksgiving special. As always, you're going to be me, Mulder, always known as Faye, and... Right here once again. And Crash here, per usual. And today, we are discussing the 1956 movie Rodan, directed by Shiro Honda. So what did you guys think of um, uh, everything going on here in Rodan 56? Um, <laughs> so it was definitely a lot of fun to get to... See this movie, the origin oh, wait. of Rodan. Oh wait, real quick, Crash. Rather cut you off. I'm, I'm a dumbass. I forgot to. I forgot to ask everybody's ratings. <laughs> <laughs> um, I probably give it six out of ten. Oh wow, that's pretty oh. low for you. <laughs> <laughs> it was just kind of boring, but we'll see. Okay, um, a ton. Oh uh, yeah, six, six point five, ten. Wow, you're even you're even disregarding your letterbox score. <laughs> the gospel. <laughs> the gospel of letterboxed. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, I misread my letterbox at seven. Sorry. Gold, 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 Are you now just following the letterbox, or is that your true feelings? Thinking emoji. <laughs> I guess we'll see as we discuss. Okay. Um. Uh, for me, it's seven out of ten. I actually, I think the dub of this is better. Actually, mm-hmm. and this is the only movie where I can really say that about. Where I think the dub substantially changes the film. Mm-hmm. Um. Should we? Should we start with that discussion first? Actually, about the dub. Yeah. I think we should save it for the end. Oh. Okay. 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 The, All right then. Because, but okay, then so now we can dive into it. I'm sorry, Crash, I cut you off. <laughs> yeah, I think it was really interesting to get to see about Rodan, you know, one of the most iconic Godzilla monsters. And I've never seen this before. So it was definitely fun. Saw some stuff that makes sense for future portrayals of the character as well. But I think overall, it's a little, it takes its time. <laughs> it, I think it's a good way to say it. Yeah. Um, I guess I think we should just start off what I think we'll all agree is probably the biggest issue in this film. And I think the pacing is just really, really off. Yeah, yeah. it's very slow. And they, they focus on a lot of stuff and just kind of hold on to that for a while. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I think a lot of shots just linger way too long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, um, Rodan's a very, like, just one of those movies where it feels like every scene is just way longer than it should be because it's like, it's not a long movie at all. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah, it's pretty t- short. <laughs> yeah, but it's just filmed in a certain way where it's like almost like you're watching one of those, like, baby relaxation tapes. <laughs> 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 These really long, like, shots of things doing stuff. Yeah. Or, yeah. like, or just, like, very long panning landscape shots. Which, while they look gorgeous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, too much downtime. Yeah, because, funny enough, like, like when we're watching Crash, it's like, this looks well, well, like a JRPG area. <laughs> it's, like, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. Because it was really beautiful and just vast, like, an overworld or something. It's but... very well shot. It's just that it's, it's too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, we don't need to see, like, like let's say, like, 15 seconds of that. You could cut down to, like, five seconds, I think. Yeah. 
Hey, just that's as, the thing. just off the top of my head. They add up over time when you have a lot of scenes like that. Mm-hmm. So in the end, you have like 20 minutes of this movie. It's just like landscape shots where people just like read. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or, or yeah. That's the thing. It's not just landscape. I don't want people to think it's just that. But like you said, there's a lot of people seem to be just like walking, going somewhere or just running like the, the, the pacing isn't snappy the way it is in like G54. I feel like. Yeah. Definitely. It it kind of reminds me of half humans pacing. I have. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like the first half of the movie is just like vacation footage, mm-hmm. and yeah, this part definitely kind of has that vibe. There's a lot of scenes that just kind of go go on and on. Like I I don't think the pacing's as bad as half humans, but it yeah. definitely feels it has that same vibe. I feel like Honda was in a little bit of a sophomore slump during mm-hmm. this. Because, yeah, that feels right. Because, like, even later on, because, like, I know, but it's because now you guys have seen them too. Like, Mantra and Frankenstein versus Bar- Baragon feel a lot quicker, pacing wise. Yeah. Not to mention the Godzilla stuff. For sure. Um, and the other thing which I have to say, just in terms of before we get to get to the positives, I feel like the characters in this movie are very underdeveloped. Yeah, there's not a lot to them. We don't get to learn much about them. Yeah, just kind of which is which is why, like, usually I do like a character section, but I don't think there's much to talk about with them, to be honest. Yeah, not really. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the issue is there is no fleshing out of these characters. Really, they they just kind of. They kind of exist as sort of the plot. Like, there's interesting ideas here, like when the main character played by Kenji Sahara. Ooh, what's his name? One second. I'll find his name. Uh, Shigeru? Yeah, yeah, that, that's it. Thank you, thank you, Tan. Um, uh, like Shigeru getting amnesia is interesting as a plot, but then they fix it kind of quick, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, go ahead, Tan. It gets repaired really quickly, and it's just not really lingered on at all. And while it's sad, we don't get to know him well enough, I think. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's the same issue with his love interest, because like when her brother is being um, uh, accused of murder, uh, we don't really get much focus on her feelings on that. Like We see her get, get harassed. Mm-hmm. In like one quick scene, but that's about it. I feel like yeah, and our brother gets like absolved immediately. I know, pretty quickly. And then we don't really get like his sister's reaction to 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 her brother being dead for long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's just the characters definitely take a big step back in this movie compared to the plot and the monsters, mm-hmm. which. Yeah, the dub fixes, but I'll talk about how later when we get into dub. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of positives, though, I guess we're going to talk about the monsters, though. What did you guys think of Rodan in his first appearance? Or, well, their first appearance, because there's two Rodans. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if you ever, you might have heard my thoughts on Rodan about now at this point with the Godzilla Roundtable. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I like Rodan. I think he's a cool monster, cool design. But I think a lot of problems with his portrayal is that he's usually just kind of nuisance more annoying than a major threat or Mm -hmm. thing to be like that scared of most of the movies but i think in his first one he 
he adequately fits that for me, like as in being a threat. Because here mm-hmm. we get to see a lot of the damage, and obviously it's focused all about him. He's the main monster for the most yeah. part. But he's very threatening. He's scary when he when he zooms by. He does like a massive like shockwave. Everything starts falling apart, which we don't really see get carried over as much, especially mm-hmm. in the major form until like mainly like I guess Final Wars and King of the Monsters primarily. Yeah. But Rodan is just really cool here. He has a big presence. He's scary, and they <laughs> struggle taking him down. I like yeah, I definitely think this, in terms of the pre-King of the Monsters portrayals, this is my favorite Rodan portrayal. It's because he feels genuinely scary here. Because like yeah. you said, there, there's a lot of damage he does. And even just the bits when he's like a mission, they're, they're not sure what he is. There's definitely a menace of what the fuck is flying through, through the sky. Yeah, and I, and I think that element's pretty scary. Also, he he eats people too, and I think I that's know. terrifying. <laughs> Which is something scary. else that came that came the monsters kept as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Ton, do you have any thoughts on Rodan in this? Yeah, I think this is probably one of the better portrayals of Rodan in the show era. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of ironic it being his first. Yeah, um, Rodan the other movies. Um, it's is a fun character, don't get me wrong, but he does feel kind of like comic relief, almost mm-hmm. in a way. But yeah. in this, um, you really get that sense of danger as like an original kaiju, Rodan and the female Rodan feel really mm-hmm. dangerous and threatening. Yeah, so as I do want to say, the female Rodan as a concept is really cool. You know, because it's you rarely get to see like a male and a female of a kaiju. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is really and, interesting. <laughs> and and the ending, see, the ending sad to me, but that's because of the dub. I don't know because, like, like, like you said, Crash, the ending didn't really work as much for you. You said, yeah, I think with especially as um you pointed out the behind the scenes stuff with that, yeah, and also just the visual of it because they just kind of hang on it, which mm-hmm. I know usually can be pretty sad, but what's happening there. Mm-hmm. It's a little silly. It does. It's not hit as hard as I think it should. Although I get the intent, and obviously there's some tragedy to it. But I think, like just looking at it, it's not as sad as it could be. Yeah. I and, think, oh, oh, go ahead. ahead. No, no, you first. Oh, I guess is you know they kind of go for this long, lingering, quiet shot of the female Odin slowly falling into the fire. But since, well, I guess. Should, should I go into what the detail you point out? Yeah, sure. You can go ahead. The fact that it's literally a blooper almost from the yeah. fact the water broke <laughs> and wasn't planned on, you can really tell that it's the puppet just breaking. <laughs> yeah. You can almost hear like the background people frantically trying to like make the footage work. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's... There's definitely been plenty of times in film where like unintentional moments happen that keep in the film, but unlike those moments here, it just feels kind of awkward. Mm-hmm. Like, like I don't think it was able to work as good. And like for another example, um, uh, like in Monster vs. Godzilla, there's a bit where Godzilla falls into the into the pagoda, mm-hmm. but I feel like because Hiroshima was is in the suit, so it wasn't a puppet. He was able to save that take better. I feel like definitely. And make it feel more natural. With this, they did their best, but without like anything going on besides just the music, it definitely feels a little 
weird to a degree. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's another monster in this too. The Mega Nulon, who would be brought back in Godzilla vs. Mega Gearus. Mm-hmm. I agree. Me- the Mega Nulon were a really creepy bug-type monster, and they're just everywhere here. And actually, yeah. the first time seeing them was in Mega Gears, which reveals what they eventually can grow into. Mm-hmm. And but here, I they like they like the most horror aspect of the movie, especially yeah. in the first half when the caves where people are dying mysteriously. They don't know what's causing it until they go in there. And um, the setup's really nice, very claustrophobic area. Yeah, many places to go to. And this big monster in there, just like eating you, and you can hardly see it most of the time. So they're really cool here. Yeah, they're they're very creepy, and I feel like because the giant suits of them to life is really cool as well. I also like the fact that the Rodan end up eating them as their prey initially, because I it, think it's uh-huh. a really good escalation. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> also, speaking of that scene, Baby Rodan is, is, is adorable in it, but... <laughs> it is really cute. <laughs> it's just like waddling, it's like... Yeah. Around. <laughs> it's pretty adorable. Um, a ton. Do you have any thoughts on the Mega Nulon? Yeah, they're really cool monsters. It's nice to see their origin in this movie. Um, the suit looks really nice uh, for them. It's definitely kind of a show era suit, but the way they film it just makes it feel really scary when it like bursts into the house or he's walking yeah. around the cave. They do a really good job. I feel like the stuff with Mega Nulon is also some of the most violent show stuff from the monsters. Well, uh, well, yeah. Like with all the blood and stuff like that, and then you and then you see the dead bodies also from them. So, uh-huh. it's very creepy. I know as a kid they scared the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. I go into this on another show me and Tony are doing called Lovely Fear. There's our there's the plug. Go listen. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, oh oh oh, oh Tony, go ahead. No, I was just say check that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, something else I do want to give give credit to is. The effects are really good in this film, especially for like Rodan's flying scenes, like when they're fighting the jets. Mm-hmm. I think the, I think Samurai did a really good job with them. They're very dynamic. Yeah. You're our plane guy, Tun, so what did you think? Oh, uh, I really like the Yeah, they always do a good job with kind of the plane scenes. Um, making them the models for them look very active and stuff, and it's cool to see like a kaiju dogfight. Always, I, I like seeing mm-hmm. the classic jet. <laughs> Crash, did 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 you, did you have any takes on the effects or not? Really, um, they were really, I think, really great for the most part. Besides just that final one, <laughs> <for obvious reasons. laughs> but um, yeah, I know. I think like flying is definitely something that's harder to do than most other kinds of monsters, especially at the yeah. time. 1965 or no, no, 1956. No, 56, yeah. Right? yeah. Um, yeah, and they, I think it looks really well done, especially mm-hmm. with all the scenes where, like, you know, you see a speed knock stuff down like that, or the Megan Dulon, which was pu- puppeted by like two people, right? Yeah, I think they look really great. So, yeah. and speaking of the age, I think something, I think something interesting how this was the first time Toad did a giant monster film that wasn't Godzilla, yeah. Yeah, that's that was really nice to see. I guess after that they were like, okay, we're gonna do something new because that was after Raids again, right? Yeah, I think with Raids again, it didn't uh, flop, 
but it didn't do the business Joe wanted. So like, okay, let's just switch over to other giant monsters instead. Yeah, do new stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm glad because we got to see so many new monsters be created during that time. They would become yeah so iconic. And like the other thing, also, which is another interesting fact to me, this is one of the first color Toho films. It's really nice looking too. I yeah. Think. That's, maybe that's why they did all those like landscape shots. So that's what I kind of wonder too, if they were almost like flexing a little bit with maybe. their new color stuff, <laughs> where, where, where maybe back then like, oh wow, look at all this stuff in color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that is sometimes because I do remember for for Wizard of Oz, that's why they have a lot of atmosphere shots in in Wizard of Oz to show off the color technology. Yeah, that that makes sense. Maybe. <laughs> I kind of wonder. That would explain it, actually. It's, it's this one. It still makes it a little dank, but at least there's so yeah. much behind it. Honestly, thinking that, that that was probably why you get those wide, those like long shots of just things happening. Mm-hmm. Because so, first time in yeah. color. Yeah. Especially the landscape shots. I think that especially when you said that crash, that clicked in my head. Especially because you have to imagine, back then, I imagine people weren't um, uh, traveling as much, too. Yeah. So you, that was probably, like, the easiest way to see, like, a different part of Japan. hmm Yeah. Could have just been, like, experimenting, too. Especially mm-hmm. after, like, Godzilla's trying to see what works. Yeah. All um, right. Yeah. Oh, oh, also, <laughs> Akira Fukumi's OST is really good in this, as usual. Oh, OST. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What a man. Good stuff for you. <laughs> I guess we can talk about the dub now. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's a good point to bring up. The dub changes a lot. It cuts 10 minutes of footage, rearranges a lot of scenes, and also adds in narration. Now, the narration is important because I feel like the narration lets them flesh out Shigeru a lot more. Because like, when you're reading a book, you always get a deeper dive into a character because they're always narrating everything going on. With a movie, you don't get that as much. Now, you can counteract it with enough characterization scenes. But I think when you have narration, you can really like flesh somebody out if that makes sense. So they do that change, and it really, um, uh, I think, really fleshes out the film. Like, especially that final scene, because I-, I showed you that crash, and I don't know if you got a chance to watch it. Mm-hmm. But but like having him talk about it, I just think it adds a lot more emotion to it personally. Yeah, I think especially for the the type of movie where mm-hmm. there's obviously not a lot going on, it does a great job in lengths of helping to bring more like, more context characterization to the scene, especially. And for the ending, mm-hmm. um, I think it helps to kind of take away from that the ding, like, yeah, the flying around thing, but also <laughs> just kind of provide like a little reflection before the end of the movie of everything. That yeah. Happened. To add more to the tragedy, uh, I said it before. It's reminiscent of like you know the American dub versions of you know, King of the Monsters and eighty five, mm-hmm. and so I like those ending scripts a lot. It's like for those movies, they don't for the most part for the rest of the movie they don't really need like narration because it holds up a lot already. You know already by yeah. itself. But this one definitely benefits a lot by it, and I think the ending narration adds a lot to it and helps yeah. put together that tragedy understanding of it. And and, yeah. and and something else for me also, because I mentioned the 10 minutes being cut from the film, I think that really helps the pacing. The pacing is a lot quicker and a lot snappier. There's not as many of those landscape shots. Mm-hmm. Or if there are, they're, they're cut down a lot. And there's not many scenes of people walking or just like, 
it really streamlines the movie i feel another big change also is you know how in that final alma attack on the city the rodans are doing how the second rodan the female rodan kind of comes out of nowhere yeah in the then in the dub they edit it they edit that um uh, unearthing scene when rodan first flies out to make it look like the second rodan also flies out at the same time so they re-edit stuff where her existing isn't as wait where did she come from yeah because she did she did just kind of like show up just i just like that I was like, oh, okay i guess I, that that helped i think there's a lot to justify her, like showing up more in the context yeah and that dub was also a huge success as me and you were like reading about it did really well especially in america which is really cool to see and i think helped establish to them that like cho stuff could do well outside of japan mm-hmm So yeah, I guess does anyone have anything else they want to discuss with, with, with Rodan, or are we good? Off the top of my head, not much more. Okay, uh, it's an interesting movie. Um, it was cool. I think it's cool, especially if you want to see more about Rodan. Mm-hmm. But um, I wouldn't say it's the most memorable person. Okay, isn't Ton? Yeah, I think he covered pretty much everything. Okay, all right, then. So I guess closing thoughts time. Crash, you kind of already started, so I'll let you continue. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I think if you really love Rhoda as a character, obviously check it out. And I mean, it's not a crazy long movie. Can't hurt to check it out. But um, I think for a better overall movie, probably check out the dub. I think it helps make it just like you get a lot more out of it, more substance Mm -hmm. in general. But um, other than that, I mean, it's it's worth a watch, I'd say, if you like. Yeah. Ton. Yeah, I think Rodan's a very pretty um B tier um kaiju movie. Um it's it's not my favorite, but it's not really bad per se. It's got some issues. Maybe check out the dub. I'll probably check mm-hmm. that out sometime and see if that gets a little more enjoyment out of it for me. Mm-hmm. Um but Honda's work's always worth a watch, so it's recommended, but only if you're like a big fan of this kind of stuff. Yeah, for me, I would say if you're a fan of Godzilla, I definitely recommend this because it is Rodan's first appearance. I recommend the dub over the sub personally, but if you're a purist, I think the sub's not bad. It's just I think it has more issues than the dub. Um, beyond that, obviously, definitely if you're a first show a fan, watch it. And obviously, if you're a Godzilla fan or a Rodan fan, you have to check out his first appearance. Um, besides that, I don't know if I, if I have much to say about it. I think it kind of... I think, fine enough, the only reason why it's as big as it is is because it was such a big hit in America and because Rodan ended up showing up in Godzilla films. But yeah, oh, this was Rodan. I hope everybody has a happy Thanksgiving, however, however you're celebrating it. Nice and safe. Thank you for listening, and have a good Thanksgiving.